Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. Whether it be a hard copy, whether it be electronic, whatever you're using uh, tonight, go ahead and access that. We're going to start a, a new subject matter tonight. It should be the understanding of every believer that God has encouraged us to grow in the things of God, to grow spiritually. He says over there in Ephesians, I believe it's chapter 4, he says, Therefore, uh, be no more children. Henceforth, be, be, be no more children. And he encouraged the, the, the believers at Ephesus to, to grow in the Lord. And that's something that you and I have to do. God doesn't grow us. Amen? Think of it this way. We, we talk about what Jesus said over there in John chapter 15. He talks about the tree or the vine. And you and I are the branches. And on the branches, what happens? The, the branch produces fruit. Well, essentially, if it, if it wasn't for the branch and what it was doing, drawing on the vine, drawing on Jesus, drawing on the things of God, we couldn't produce fruit or we couldn't grow. And so growing is something that he expects us to do. I can't just pray a prayer and say, Oh, Lord, cause me to grow spiritually and you can't even grow without effort naturally this didn't get out here by itself do you hear what I said it didn't get out here by itself I had everything to do with that happening and it seems spiritually see we have this this thinking that just because we grow year to year chronologically that we grow just automatically spiritually year after year it's just not the case we've got to grow from that babyhood stage into children and then from children into mature believers and so we're going to talk about the four steps to getting you and I to grow spiritually and so we're going to talk about what we do remember he's already done his part now we got to do ours. And so we're going to look at four steps to develop, to educate, to train our spirit. And I'll give them to you right now, and then we'll look at them one by one. I really doubt that we're going to get through this tonight in its entirety, so we may be back next time uh, to finish up. We'll wait. Here are the four if you're taking notes. Number one, the first step is meditation in the Word of God, to meditate in the Word of God. Number two is to practice or begin acting on the Word of God. Number two is to make the Word of God your number one priority. Give it first place in your life. That's when you truly become a disciple, when you're following Jesus. 
And then number four, instantly obeying the voice or the communication of your spirit. And so we'll go, on the, uh, go over each one of these. And if we'll take these four steps, this is not something that's just going to happen automatically. I've told this story before, and I think it's worth repeating tonight. I, I remember when uh, our oldest son, he, he was getting ready to go to elementary school. And he just, he liked it at home. He didn't want to go to school. And we kept telling him about all the great things about school. You get to ride in that yellow bus, a uh, big deal. And then we tell him, you know, you can have lunch there, oh, big deal. Uh, you can, you're going to play in the playground, big deal. You know, I don't care about recess. But we finally got him to the place where we told him that if he would go to school, he would learn how to read. He, he would learn how to write. He could start adding and subtracting. and we, He could spell words. And we started telling him about all the things that he was going to learn. And so we got him. He wasn't 100% on board, but finally it was, it was okay to get on that bus the first day. So we took David down to the bus stop. Reluctantly, slowly, he got onto the bus, and there he goes on his way to Berthet Elementary School. <laughs> so we were so thankful that he, you know, he finally decided that he would actually do that. But when he came home, that same bus that, that took him, brought him back, and when he got out of the bus, we thought he'd be all excited about his first day of school, but he just looked a little, you know, whatever. And so we asked him, son, how come you're not so excited about going to school today? And he says, well, I still can't read. I still can't write. I can't add. See, he thought he was, he was going to get it all in one day. And in the same way that it's unrealistic to think that we can cram 12 years of education into us just a couple of times we can't expect to grow spiritually right away so when I start talking about these principles I'm talking about something that we get dedicated and consecrated in doing consistently amen I've heard it said that nobody can really grow to, to any degree spiritually by going to church once a week. And you certainly can't grow spiritually if you're not doing uh, these steps at home. See, a lot of people think, well, I'm going to church, that's all I got to do. Well, that's just one thing you can do. It, you know, things don't really happen for you and I in terms of growing until this book gets opened at home. Amen. And then we'll just go over these steps. And so these are things that you and I can do and should do at home as well. So let's look at meditating in the Word of God tonight. Going over to Joshua, and it's chapter 1, verse 8. And this is a very powerful verse that God gave Joshua. Understand that Notice this is chapter 1 of Joshua. Joshua was the one who had to take over after Moses. Now think about that. You know, this, this, this great deliverer who, who did so much 
for the nation of Israel and for the children of Israel and how God used him in a spectacular way. For goodness sake, he parted the Red Sea. He, he got them released from slavery. He, he, got, he, he got the provision of God to, 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 to bring manna out of heaven, to feed them. He, he produced water out of a rock. He saved them from the poisonous snakes. And the list goes on and on and on. And then here comes Joshua. It's almost like, and there was Joshua, or excuse me, there was Moses and there was whatever his name is. You know what I'm saying? It's like trying to be a quarterback after John Elway had been in Denver so, for so many years as quarterback. Well, it's pretty big shoes to follow. So God wanted Joshua to be successful. God wanted him to, to be a great patriarch, a great leader, one that would cause the children of Israel to flourish. Well, he tells him exactly how to prosper in this verse 8. So, if, this, if these spiritual kingdom principles worked for a man that wasn't born again, how much more will it work for you and I that have God living on the inside of us? That have a printed Bible of God speaking to us? Hallelujah. So look at this with fresh eyes. Pretend like you've never heard this verse before. He says, this book of the law, we could say this Bible. These 66 books that have been given to us. Now notice how, how it's interesting. It says that the Bible shall not depart out of your mouth. Out of, out of your what? Mouth. Well, the only way it could come out of my mouth or to come out of your mouth is got to be in you to come out. You see, one of the things that we learn as we live in the kingdom of God is that there are certain things that we need to do to activate the word of God in our life. Do you remember the first time that you went into a bathroom, this is probably a public place, like at the airport or maybe at, at some business, and you went in there to, to wash your hands and there was no faucet, there was no handle to the faucet anywhere. You remember the first time? Yeah, the first, I went in there and I'm going, okay, this is new. And then I, I heard water running next to me, and it was another gentleman that was in this bathroom, and he was getting water to come out of the faucet. And so I'm watching him. What did you do to do, get that to do that? And he's doing something like this, you know, and then like this. And I'm going, oh, this is motion activated. Ding, 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 ding. Right? Much less with the toilets. That I'd walk away from the toilet, and it would flush itself. See, they, they, they're motion activated. The potential of what they can do is already there. But you have to activate it. 
Well, the Word of God is the same thing. You see, there's a lot of people that have this book next to their bed on the nightstand or in the bookcase up next on the mantle next to the fireplace in the living room or at some place they stuck it 10 years ago and they don't know where it is now. And it, it, it can't do them any good because it has to be activated. Now, understand that I, I don't want to go into this teaching completely, but understand that one way you activate the Word of God is to speak it. Yes. Amen. Come on. Putting it in our mouth. That activates, that's one of the steps of activating the Word of God in our life. Amen. And so that's something that we have to consciously do every day. Now look at this. He says, let the Bible not depart out of your mouth. But could we read it this way? The Bi you should always be speaking the word of God. Speaking the word of God. Speaking the word of God. Well, how's that going to happen? Well, he says that you're to meditate in this word every Sunday at Easter and Christmas time <laughs> I, I'm not talking to you guys because you're churchy you understand what I'm saying no he's saying that we do this every day we put the word of God in our mouth every day amen and then when that happens then you're able to do what you're able to observe to do what you're saying. And then it goes on to say, then and only then do you make your way prosperous. And then you have what? Good success. That's what it says in the King James. Now, how many of us want to prosper? I know I do. And don't think about prospering simply in the financial sense. That's just the lowest form of prosperity. How about me prospering as a husband? How about me prospering as a father? How about me prospering as a grandfather? How about me prospering on the road when I'm driving the car? How about me prospering everything I set my hand to to do? Hallelujah. I can prosper and I can have what? Good success when I do what? I speak the word from my mouth and then begin to walk it out and do it. So how does this happen? It comes through meditating in the word. Meditate in the word. Did you see what that said right there? It says that thou shalt meditate. It says, but you shall meditate. Thou, you, yes. me, the individual. He's to meditate in the word day and night. Now, this word meditate is a, a little blind to you and I. When I think of meditate, I'm thinking about something to do with my mind. Or if you're thinking about Eastern religions, you know, where, where, where they have what they call uh, meditation or transcendental meditation but this word meditate that we get this English word meditate if you get it from the Hebrew 
the original Hebrew word that the monks translated into meditate, it really means to mutter. To mutter. Now, that's not a word we use very often. In fact, I'm not sure that the, only, the last time I ever used it was in that song we used to sing, Hello, mutter. Hello, Father. <laughs> Here I am at Camp Granater. <laughs> I mean, that's the last time I used the word mutter. But the word, if you take the English word mutter, M-U-D-D-E-R, it means to speak to yourself. Amen. And that matches now what he says about not letting the word of God depart from your mouth. But thou shalt meditate or say the word to yourself. Now, think of it this way. Many times when we think about studying the word, we think about taking a chapter taking a, a subject and, and we just just get all sorts of verses and and just get all sorts of uh, places from the Word of God that helps us to understand that subject matter and that is one way to study but that's not how you meditate meditating in the word is to take a scripture when I say a scripture I mean a verse or maybe a part of a verse I like to use uh, 1 Peter 2.24. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. Now, when I have symptoms in my body, or, or when I'm just keeping my faith level up to walk in divine health, I take that verse... And I just use the last phrase of that verse. By whose stripes ye were healed, and I make it personal. I say, by whose stripes I was healed. And I start saying that to myself. That's how, I, that's how the Bible is showing us how to meditate in the Word. This is how we get the Word down deep into our spirit man. And we start saying that over and over again. By whose stripes I was healed. And as you say it and you hear what you're saying from the word of God, you allow that word to begin painting a picture in your imagination. Let it paint an image. Like if you have symptoms in your body, you see yourself free from those symptoms. Because by his stripes I am healed. Or you got a doctor's report, and the doctor says, you have this, you have that. You allow the Word of God to paint a picture that is the complete opposite of what the doctor's report says. Remember, he's only looking at it from a natural perspective. You're looking at it from a spiritual perspective. Amen. He's looking at that which is temporary. You're looking at that which is eternal. And you begin to meditate in that Word. Now, remember, it tells us the, over there in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, that faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. So what's happening is that as you are meditating in this word and you're speaking the word of God to yourself, you're making it personal. You begin believing that it's yours. You believe that it's now yours. 
what's happening is you're now imparting the life that is in this word into your spirit and that's why your faith is growing that's why faith is increasing your measure is now being developed to get stronger and more effectual amen and if you and I will do that consistently in a particular area, you'll find that your faith for healing, this is the subject matter that, that we're talking about, will get to a place where when sickness touches your body, it can't stay in your body. Hallelujah. And that's how you begin to develop and to cause your, your inner man the, the, the human spirit, your spirit, your, your inner man to grow out of that babyhood stage. And what happens is, is you begin getting the word of God in you to the degree that it becomes a reality to you and I. It becomes a truth. And that if anything would contradict that truth that we've embraced, we go, uh-uh. Amen? Think of it this way. Let's say I've got, I'm, I'm out at a nice restaurant with my wife, and I order a nice steak. And here's this steak sitting in front of me. Well, I just don't pick the whole thing up and put it in my mouth. No, I, I, I cut a piece of it. And I don't take that piece and swallow it. No, I put that piece in my mouth and I begin to digest it in my mouth. I start chewing on it. I start breaking it down. I start extracting the life, the energy, the protein from that meat and I'm now trying to distribute it to my body and to my bloodstream. And so that's what you do in meditation. It's like chewing on the Word of God. And as you're chewing it and saying it to yourself, that spiritual life that is in the Word, remember what Jesus said, the, word I, the words I speak to you, they are spirit, spirit and they are life. Over there in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says that the Word of God is quick, it's alive. It's quick and it's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. You see, this book is made of a spiritual substance. But we have to activate that spiritual substance to get inside of us. We do that by saying the word of God to ourselves. We're meditating in the word. And when it says here day and night, that means that in all the affairs of life, you're speaking the word to yourself under your breath. You're in the grocery store. I can't remember what aisle the potato chips are in. Well, you, you know, you say, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. I'm a son of God. I'm led by the Spirit of God. Now you're working the Word, and what will happen is it will come to your mind, well, it's just right over there, that next aisle over. Does that make sense? That's, why, that's how you're doing it day and night. You get a symptom in your body. You say, no, you can't, you can't come into my body. By his stripes, I was healed. And I, I keep saying that, by his stripes, I was healed. I'm free from sickness because by his stripes, I was healed. You see, that's how this meditation is done day and night. Anything that contradicts that word that you've put in your heart, you start speaking it to yourself. Does that make sense? Now, 
the most spiritual people, the most spiritual people are those who give time to meditation in the Word of God. Understand this, that spiritual wisdom, and I'm not talking about spiritual knowledge. See, we have a lot of knowledge up in our mind. But we don't believe with our mind, we have to believe with our spirit. That's why we have to get the word down into our spirit, and that's why we're meditating in the word. But spiritual wisdom can only be obtained from meditation and that's why God told Joshua to meditate in the word so that he would have spiritual wisdom so that he could act on that wisdom and be successful and to be prosperous. Amen? So you and I need to set ourselves alone every day where the world is shut out. And in today's world, that is not an easy task. I don't care where you are in the world. You've got one of these. And then when you're in a store, they've got their video screens going and their sound going. I mean, there, there's so much activity today in our daily life. We, we have to learn how to at least escape from the voice of the world and hear the voice of God through meditation so just begin with 10 to 15 minutes a day what's 10 minutes compared to 24 hours we've been given 24 hours in a day we can carve out 10 minutes right and that'll begin getting this process to begin and then you're going to find that you there's this hunger that will start being um stimulated that 10 minutes isn't going to be enough for you and then you'll start having encounters with God where he's starting to speak to you and he'll start showing you things to come and that's because you've activated your spirit by meditating in the word of God hallelujah it's awesome the next is practicing the word this is step number two Understand that practicing the word, we just saw it in this verse here, that once you say it to yourself, it becomes a part of you, then you begin to observe to do the word of God. Well, that's step number two. That's practicing the word. Now, practicing the word just simply means to be a doer of the word. Let's go on over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And go down to verse 22, James 1, 22. Again, pretend like you've never seen or heard this verse before. That will keep us from being complacent. That will keep us from just saying in our mind, oh, I know that. Well, yeah, you, you know it, but do you have the life and the revelation from it? Verse 22. But be ye, and that's King James. It's just saying... Hey, believer, you, me, be a doer of the word. And, and not just a hearer. You see, in meditation, you're hearing the word. 
That gets it in you and I. But now you've got to begin activating that word by practicing it or doing it. Amen? He says if you'll be a doer of the word, then you won't be self-deceived. Let me read that scripture again. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. If you're simply a hearer only, then you deceive your own self. You know how we've had a habit through the years to blame other people for things? And, and don't get me wrong, we, we have had attacks, we have had things that happen, but most times it's us deceiving ourselves. Amen? Amen. Listen to this. We have those who are talkers of the word. They're always talking about the word of God. We got those that rejoice about the word of God. Look at this verse. Yoo-hoo! We have even those others who are quoters of the word. They're always speaking the word. But you know, there's only a few that are doing the word. You see, if I'm a talker of the word and not doing it, I'm self-deceived. If I'm rejoicing about the word and not doing it, I'm self-deceived. If I'm quoting the word all the time, thus saith the Lord, but I'm not doing what I'm quoting, then I'm self-deceived. Does that make sense? All right. So how can I, what's, how can I locate myself? Am I just a reader of the word? Am I just a quoter of the word? Do I just rejoice over the word? How do I know if I'm a doer of the word? Check this out. You can't be a doer of the word and continue to speak unbelief. Let me say it this way. I can't be a doer of the word and continue to speak in contrast to the word. That's what unbelief. Unbelief is just simply believing or saying the opposite of what the Word of God says. See, this is where we need steel-toed boots. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> because this, is, this, is, this has been our weakness. And when I say our weakness, I'm talking about the body of Christ. Amen? Too many times we're moved by what we see and what we feel, and we just say it. And when we do that, what are we doing? Now we're contradicting what God says. And that's unbelief. So, this is why so many aren't doing the word. Because their words are contradicting doing the word. If those who are not doing the word were practicing the word, they wouldn't talk doubt, they wouldn't talk discouragement, they wouldn't talk fear, and they wouldn't talk failure and defeat. Now, I know that when we're gathered here on Sunday morning and Wednesday night or other times that we're at church, we're really careful what we say. We don't want to make an unbelieving confession. But you know, when we're in the privacy of our own home, we're not so mindful to watch what we say. <laughs> hey, I'm right... I, 
I'm right there with you. Amen? But, but, but through meditation, we can be so saturated with the word. It's so much a part of our inner man. When we're about to say something, there's going to be knowledge and revelation is going to say, whoa, slow down there, Kerbo. Don't, you're, you, you don't believe that. Don't, don't say what contradicts what you believe. You see, that's starting to become mature. Amen? It's like a baby. You've all been around babies, I trust. And when they were real young, they used to put everything in their mouth. Didn't they? Here's a doggy uh, treat, you know, or a doggy bone or a doggy toy right in their mouth. And we're going, you have no idea where that's been. <laughs> right? Well, why would a baby do that? It's a baby. So if I'm continuing to say things that are contradicting the word of God, then in that area, I'm still not mature. So that means I have to go back to what? Step number one and meditate in the word in that subject area. Amen? Now, so when we're a doer of the word, when we are a doer of the word, we are walking by faith. And when we walk by faith, we will talk faith because we are governing our life by the word of God and not by feelings or circumstances. Did you hear that? You want to hear it again? So when I'm doing the word of God, that means I'm putting the word in my mouth. And no matter what pressure comes on me, I'm going to say the word. Do you ever notice a sponge when you get it saturated and you bump up against it? It begins to have whatever's in it get on you. Well, we can get our heart so saturated with the word of God that no matter what circumstance comes to challenge what we believe, we're so full of the word, we just say the word. Amen? Amen? So when I'm a doer of the word, and in this case, we're talking about speaking the word. Because that's how we're doing it. We're speaking it. That way, when we're speaking the word, we're now walking by faith. And when we walk by faith, we talk faith. And now we're governing, governing our life by the word and not by these outward feelings and circumstances and things that we see. Amen? trying to see if we need to talk about that. And that's really what deceiving our own self really is talking about in that verse. That yes, we know the word, we believe the word, we have the word in us, but we're not choosing to practice it. We're not, we're not choosing to give it expression through both what we say and by what we do. Amen. Hallelujah. Because you're activating. Whatever I'm saying, positive or negatively, I'm activating that to have access to my life. See, we talk about making a faith confession to say what the Word says, but sometimes we fail to see that if we're not saying what the Word's saying and we're saying what we see, what we're feeling then now we're giving that permission to be a part of our life. Yeah. Now, 
those things don't happen automatically, right? But if you say it enough, then you start believing it, and then it's on. It, it no longer becomes an influence, but it'll begin to start bearing fruit. Amen. Amen. And that's why we don't want to deceive ourselves. We don't want to be just a hearer of the word. We want to be what? A doer of the word. Now, being a doer of the word is putting into practice what you and I are taught primarily from the epistles. What are the epistles? The epistles are the letters written to believers, New Testament believers, or to the church. The epistles are in the New Testament. They begin in Acts, and they go all the way to Jude. And these are letters that people like the Apostle Paul, Peter, John, James, Jude, uh, Luke wrote uh, Acts. These are those that the Lord saw fit to, to blow or to uh, place the word of God in their hearts through his breath and then they exhaled it and wrote it down. Understand that the Old Testament and even the Gospels are talking about you. But the epistles are talking directly to you. And the epistles tell you who you've become in Christ. The, the epistles tell you and I what we have received because we are believers in Jesus Christ. We are the children of God. And the epistles tell us what he's willing to do through us in helping those around us and to facilitate the vision of God. And so we want to spend most of our time of meditation in the epistles. Now, the Old Testament gives us examples, natural examples of what we have spiritually in the New Testament as New Testament believers. And so I want you to go over to Philippians, and we'll stop here tonight with this verse of Philippians chapter 4. We're going to go down to verse 8. So obviously that we are now in the epistles. This is Apostle Paul writing to the believers in Philippi. And understand that these epistles are primarily written to a group of believers, not to one single individual believer. Amen? And so you can take these kind of verses personally because you are a part of the body of Christ. You are the part of the church. You are a child of God. So you can see here in Philippians chapter 4, verse 16, we're being told, you and I, I'm sorry, 6, 4, six, you had it up, I'm sorry. You had the right scripture up and then I, I threw you off. Forgive me. I'm in Philippians 4, verse 6. So he tells us, he's telling Bruce, he's telling Marianne, 
He's telling Olita. He's, he's saying to you and I, be careful for what? Nothing. Now that King James, be careful, really means do not worry. Don't worry about anything. Now understand that that isn't a suggestion. He's telling us if we're going to be a doer of the word of God, we are not going to worry. Now, the first thing that comes to mind when you hear someone say that, number one, that's impossible. And number two, nobody can do that. Well, then wouldn't that be unfair for God to tell us not to worry? See, don't let your mind tell you you can't do something. Yeah, technically, you alone can't do something. But if you're in partnership with God and the Holy Spirit that's living in you, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, that's where a lot of people miss out on the blessings of God because they count themselves unqualified to start with and therefore will never receive it. Well, I can't do that. Well, well, okay, guess what? You just missed out on a blessing and some things that God wants to get to you. Because you're up here. Hello, you're up here. You're in that place of reasoning. You're, 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 you're remembering experience and, and, and you're just, psh. no way you can be a doer now of that word. And that's where the blessings are. That's where the prosperous and success come from. How many could truthfully say that you would like to be free from worry? Every hand needs to go up. Every hand, my hand needs to go up. So when I catch myself worrying, guess what? I'm not practicing the word. Therefore, I can't be successful in that area. Self-deceived. In that area now check this out so how in the world can I not worry about anything well he's about to tell us how many is ready for it you ready for it here we go same same verse don't worry about anything but in everything that you're tempted to worry about give it to God in prayer And once you ask him to take care of what you're worrying about, begin giving him thanksgiving. That doesn't mean serving him turkey and stuffing. It's talking about giving him thanks. Hallelujah. Well, why would I want to do that? Because you believe he heard you and you know have what you asked for. That's why you're thanking him. Well, how can I thank him for something I don't have yet? You haven't been listening, have you? For the last 38 years, I've been up here preaching. You just haven't been listening. Amen? Faith always says it has what it's asked for. And that's why we get it. Believe you receive it, and then in the future, you shall have it. Seeds got to grow. Amen? So look at this. 
Whatever you're tempted to worry about, give it to the Lord by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Hallelujah. When we do that, this is what happens. Number one, we don't worry because we pray about what you need or what you're concerned about. You begin to praise God for the answer and then you maintain that position by being carefree. Now, what's that going to do for us? It's going to allow verse 7 now to manifest in our life. Verse 7 says, see, when I take that worry and I turn it into a prayer, asking God to meet that, and then I begin to thank him that I have it and I maintain that position, it says, and this word is now connecting us to verse 6. This is after I give him my worry and I pray and I believe God. I'm thanking him for the answer and the peace of God. How many of us want peace? And I'm not talking peace, brother. I'm talking about an inner calm in our spirit. That there may be a storm out here, but in, in here, calm, tranquil, in a place of rest. And in a place of peace. The peace of God shall enter into your spirit and it'll surpass what's going on in your mind. And will keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, everybody wants verse 7. I don't know how many times through the years that my wife and I have gotten prayer request I need peace about this I need peace about that this just happened to so and so let's pray for peace for them I wish I wish that's how it came I really do I really do but the Bible tells us that peace comes through the knowledge of Jesus Christ peace comes from us doing verse 6 and if we don't give what we're worrying about to God then he's just He's like he has to back away because whatever you believe, he has to allow it to happen. And if you really believe what you're worrying about, you've deceived yourself. I know that sounds like a hard word tonight, but, but I'm trying to help us. Amen? And the only thing that helps us is truth. It's the truth. Acting on the truth is what sets us free. And so I have to be truthful tonight. Is that okay? So when I practice and I'm a doer of the word in verse 6, then this starts to manifest. This is the fruit of being a doer of the word. It's going through life every day, not worrying, not stressed out, not trying to figure out what I got to do next to fix this and fix that. No, I prayed about that. I gave it to the Lord. He's at work. If he wants me, if he, he'll show me if I need to do something. Because now all this is his responsibility. That's what the Bible talks about, casting the whole of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Amen? So we get the peace of God 
when we're a, a doer of the word here in verse 6. Amen. Well, number one, get the word in us through meditation. Speak it to ourselves. Allow it to create an image in us. Believe it. Be rejoiceful about it. Let it be established. Number two, find scriptures that you can practice and you can do. This Philippians 4, 6 is one of them. Amen? Because really, worry is the opposite of faith and trust. Hallelujah. We don't, we don't want to get in a position where we have a lack of trust towards God. Because that ties his hand. So let's pray. Father, each one of us desires to grow spiritually. That's why we're here tonight. That's why we just opened our Bibles, so that you could talk to us. Lord, help us to carve out 10 minutes each day to take one verse and just say it to ourselves over and over again for 10 minutes. And I know that you'll take that word and you'll, you'll have different ways to express it as we say it. And we know that you'll paint an image in our heart. And I know the first couple of times, the first 20 times, the first 50 times we do that, our mind's going to go, what are you doing? But we know that we're following the word of God. And it's just a matter of time that all of a sudden the word of God is going to come down into our heart. It'll be like an anchor to our soul. And it'll bring stability and peace in our life. And Lord, help us to begin finding scriptures that we can apply in our life. To be a doer of that word. That we can activate the power in that word to produce heavenly fruit in our life. Lord, we claim it. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for coming out tonight. Thank you for being great listeners. You are blessed. Amen.